Welcome everybody to Mom Street USA. My name is Jackie, aka Wishes Mama, and joining me back from her excursion overseas is my wonderful co-host Kate, aka the Disney Cicerone. And tonight we're going to be talking all things Disneyland Paris. We're super excited to share this information with you, and Kate's going to give you her firsthand experience on everything she saw while she was there, which is super exciting. So, Kate, welcome back. Thank you. Maybe I will share everything that I saw. We will be here a long time if we did that. That's true. No, it was wonderful to go and get to spend some quality time with my family. Uh, For those of you who don't know, we did like a really big European tour. So we went to London and then we did a Disney cruise out of London to do Northern Europe. And then we went to Paris and then Disneyland Paris. So uh, Disneyland Paris was kind of at the end of our trip. We were pretty tired by the time we got there, but we still had a pretty wonderful time seeing all the things and doing all the things. So excited to share it with you guys. Yeah, I love it. So tonight we're going to kind of go over everything that we did together because I helped Kate plan a lot of her Disneyland Paris stuff before she went. Um, So we're going to talk about what that planning looked like. And then Kate's going to give us some insight on what she actually experienced when she was there. Um, So we're hoping to give you guys an insight that way. If you're someone looking to travel there or you just want to hear about it, we're going to give you lots of good information about that this evening. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating as a um, a Disney Parks goer, even if you're not planning a Disneyland Paris trip anytime soon, hearing about how it's different over there is actually uh, pretty fascinating, I think. So I think it'll be a great episode, even if you're not planning a trip anytime soon, um, to give you a little bit of insight into a little different culture of Disneyland Paris. So um, should we start out by just talking just an overview of just like what Disneyland Paris is for those of you who are like, I don't even, I don't know anything about it. Um, so Disneyland Paris was formerly known as Euro Disney. I have visual aids. Euro Disney. Ooh. <laughs> when it Very opened, nice. um, in the 1990s, uh, and eventually they did change their name. <clears throat> eventually they did change their name to Disneyland Paris to try to, uh, make friends with the local culture because they, they made a few cultural mistakes as an American company coming into Paris. So um, they changed their name to Disneyland Paris. It's located about 35 minutes out of Paris itself um, at the end of a train line. So you can actually take uh, the metro in Paris and get hop on a train line and then get right out to Disneyland Paris. And you literally get off the train right in the middle of Disney Village, which is kind of like the equivalent of their um, downtown Disney area or Disney Springs. It's like their entertainment district. That's where the mm-hmm. train drops you off. Literally so, right in the middle of everything. <laughs> right in the center. There's there's bus transportation to some of the resorts, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, like right right there at the train station. So very easy to get around in that way. Um, the Disneyland Paris consists of three parts. So there is Disneyland Paris, which is like the Disney park, like Magic Kingdom or Disneyland here in the U.S. Um, that is their main park. And then they also have Walt Disney Studios, which is kind of like budget Hollywood studios and California adventure kind of combined. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's how I would say it (laughs) Um, with maybe a little bit of Epcot thrown in there. It's a, it's a very interesting (laughs) park uh, and we'll get more into that as well. But um, so those are the the three parts of it that you'll see. The village is really just not, it's not terribly big, but it has a lot of shopping and some dining options as well. Um, So uh there are some unique differences that make it uh, not the same culture. If you're very, if you're somebody who goes to Disney all the time, you might be surprised by some of the things over there. So, <laughs> which I kind of said uh, to my husband, Elliot, 
because I just feel like uh, France in particular is just like maybe like 10 to 15 years technologically behind where we are here, which is really interesting. interesting. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they're like not advanced at all, but they're just like they just haven't adopted all the same things that we have for convenience. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about how that kind of, uh, comes into play here as we go. But Jackie, did you want to talk a little bit about what we did like before your trip, what you should, you know, how to plan for a Disneyland Paris trip? Yeah. So going into this, Kate asked that I kind of help her do some of that research because she had a lot of other things to research with the other aspects of her trip. Um, so it was one of those things where we felt a little flying blind kind of going into it because, you know, Kate had been to Disneyland Paris several, several years back and a lot, a lot had changed. And so it was one of those things where we're like, well, we're kind of starting from, from the ground up. Um, so I did a lot of just Googling to start. Um, I found a couple different blogs that I ended up using that gave me a lot of really good, like baseline information. Um, so the main blog that I use is actually called mouse hacking. So it's just mousehacking.com. And they have a ton of just like basic layout of like, here's the rides, here's what they look like, here's our suggestions for where you go for second, third. They had a lot of that already on their site, which was really nice. So shout out to them for their very thorough coverage. And then I pieced in some other blogs. I did a ton of reading, probably 20 to 25 different blogs that I read through just trying to see, okay, this is consistent. These people are all saying these same things. Ooh, these people are all saying completely different things about this ride, you know, so it kind of gave me an an overview of like what to expect and what seemed like the trends there. Um, I use social media a lot. I mean, you guys know we're on TikTok all the time. There are tons of people that do Disneyland Paris lives on TikTok. Um, So I found a couple creators that uh, I ended up really liking, you know, you you guys know how that is with, with other creators you go on and you, you find the ones that are your vibe. So I found a couple that I really liked um, that were also very kind to like, I would hop in the chat and ask questions about like specific things that Kate and I were wondering about. And they, you know, either they would answer or other people in their chats would answer, which was like really, really helpful. So that was, yeah. So that was huge um, to be able to help me with that aspect. Cause there were certain things that I was like, I can't find this anywhere. <laughs> so that was helpful with those types of little questions. Um, I did use some YouTubes as well. There are, there are a lot more YouTubes than there are blogs. I don't always absorb YouTubes as well as I do when I can read things on mm-hmm. print. And, <laughs> and I don't always have time to sit and watch a you know, a 30 minute YouTube from five different creators as much as I would want to. So I, I skipped around more on YouTube, but the blogs were really what I typically used. Um, the thing that was tricky about my research is that not everything was up to date. I found a lot of stuff pre pandemic. I found a lot of stuff that was, uh, like right after they reopened. So it was like, I don't know if that's still helping still being run or not. Um, So I did my best to find as close to current as I could. A lot of the stuff that I found was like 2022. So within the last year or two. So I felt fairly comfortable with a lot of that type of thing. Um, I feel like the information that Jackie found was pretty accurate to what I, I saw. There was just a lot of things we didn't know that popped up. And yeah. that was just in general, cause it's just not out there. It just not, it's, it was right. just interesting yeah. to see what popped up. Right. And that was one of the conversations that Kate and I had was, you know, I, I'm going to give you everything that I can possibly find, but I'm positive that there are things that I missed or that we just didn't think about or yeah. that we didn't know about or wasn't 
maybe as descriptive in our research as we needed it to be. So that way Kate and her family knew <laughs> what to expect. So, you know, lots of those little things. Um, but yeah, overall, I just, a lot of stuff online that was uh, really, really helpful for, for the research that I did. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, should we talk a little bit about maybe the hotels that are there? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do this part and then you can, we can kind of pop back and forth a little bit. So you're not doing all of the talking. This yeah, I do have some of the pictures from at least to the two hotels that I was at. Okay. So I have perfect. a little bit of, yeah. Perfect. Um, so on Disneyland Paris property, they have seven different hotel choices that they offer. And these are all um, Disney Disneyland Paris um, hotels that are straight through their website. Um, so because they are further out from the city, they don't have like what you see at Disneyland and Disney World both have like good neighbor hotels and other nearby places. This is pretty isolated to just those seven Disney properties. They do um, have they do have off site ones that have shuttles to them, but they're mm -hmm. not walkable in any way. Right. So gives you a little bit. A few other options, but if you're someone traveling from the United States to there, you may or may not feel more comfortable just staying at a Disney resort because it's a little bit more familiar to you in that respect. Um, and I kind of tried to navigate them and put them in kind of categories that would make sense to what we're used to. We're used to seeing kind of those value moderate deluxe levels. Um, so at the value level or their lowest price point that they've got available, um, they've got the Disney Davy Crockett Ranch, the Disney Hotel Santa Fe, the Disney Hotel Cheyenne, and the Disney Sequoia Lodge. So all of those are have a very similar feel, and Kate can maybe talk a little bit about how the people <laughs> over in France are just kind of, they love, like, Western U.S. culture and all of that yes. type of type of thing. Yes. Okay, so when they were researching how to make Disneyland Paris um, and trying to figure out what what is it about American culture that people in France actually like? Uh, one of the things they found out was that they love the Old West. So there is a tremendous amount of the Old West or Southwest <laughs> in Disneyland Paris. And I laughed out loud because when, like, the first thing that we saw driving into Disneyland Paris was this, like, <laughs> was this covered wagon. And I'm like, <laughs> where I'm, are we? I know, I'm from Oregon. So I was like, I'm literally like, it's like we just came home. But we're in France, and it was so bizarre. So I will say that it's a little bit eerie, like, walking around this resort. This one is the um, Hotel Cheyenne. So uh, walking around this resort was a little bit odd because there was nobody there unless it was, like, everybody was leaving or coming in. But otherwise, it was empty. The streets were empty. So and it was like just, like, abandoned this... ghost town of exactly. the Wild, Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. And, oh, my gosh. All of their restaurants were not open during the day. So if you were just hanging out at your resort, there is no food for you there. You have to go take a bus or walk into the village because uh, they only had their um, chuck wagon cafe and like all these things open uh, when guests would be there after the park closes or in the morning before they go out. So don't expect to have food all day long at your resort because it might not happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, um, that's a whole weird thing to me but you know <laughs> this is what the the rooms look like at hotel cheyenne and so it has like a queen size bed and then it had like 
it has a bed that actually has a cover on it. It looks like a day bed and then it has a trundle bed that I, did actually pop up and be full height. Like you pulled oh. out, it would spring up and yeah. you could kind of roll them apart from each other, which my daughters <laughs> loved because they wanted their own space. <laughs> Naturally, of course they did. <laughs> but you can tell the theming is kind of like, it's almost like value theming in the U.S. Like it's very yeah. like there's there's wallpaper strips for, mm. you know, we did have a boot lamp. And so my, my son called it the boot hotel. <laughs> it's really funny. I don't That's know if awesome. yeah, here it is. It's like because there's a snake in my boot from Woody. So yeah, there's a, it's just there's a cowboy a boot. boot. That's <laughs> amazing. I love that. Yeah. So it was it was yeah. it was basic. It was what we needed. It was you know it had almost all the things we needed. And just like in the um, what do you call it? Just like in Disney Cruise Line, in order to get the lights to turn on and off, you have to put your key card in by the front door. Otherwise, yeah. your lights won't turn on. So, FYI, some some people will bring like an extra um, old credit card or fake credit card or something just to stick in there, so you don't have to be annoyed by having to put your key card in there every time you come in. So, right. um, you can do that on Disney Cruise Line as well. That's that's. Uh, I don't know if they encourage that, but we did that because <laughs> it's just frustrating to have to I dig mean... it out of every like. Anyway, so right when you when you're coming back from the park and you've got all your bags on and you're trying to just get the lights to turn on, on so you can see where you're going, it's black. Yeah, right, you're like, right. Where is it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, so a lot of those like value level, like I said, resorts have that kind of Western, Southwestern United States theming to them. I mean, you can hear it in their names: Santa Fe, Cheyenne, Sequoia. So you get that you get that vibe from that area. This is my view out my window, which was. <laughs> The vegetation is very similar to Oregon as well. I think yeah. they're on the same like latitude around the world. So oh, they had okay. they had Oregon grape and they had evergreens and they had ferns and I was like, this is like being at home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. It was so crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Um so then they've got kind of your moderate or kind of in the middle level of resorts. They've got the Disney Newport Bay Club and the Disney Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel. Um, so those are kind of your two mid-range, so to speak. Um, and all of these you can find on the Disneyland Paris website. We didn't throw in prices on here because there's just too many variables with dates and how many days you're staying and that type of thing. Um, but they are all very easily accessible on the Disneyland Paris website. Their website is fairly easy to let navigate when it comes to that. Yeah, this one I think is that. Like what they was it the yacht club one Newport Bay Club Newport Bay Club whatever I'm like what it looks like the yacht club <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, so where I'm standing in this photo is I'm standing in New York New York and I'm looking across the bay at the other one so they kind of all face each other mm-hmm. and I would say the Hotel New York is an upscale deluxe resort I would probably put it because it's it is spendy <laughs> price, price point it's technically in that mid-range but yeah it's it's borderline deluxe level when it comes to that because um, it is quite a quite a jump in price point from like the Cheyenne and those ones that we were just looking at up to that um, and it's the 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 layout and the everything they have inside of that art of Marvel is really really cool Oh, yes. I have lots I can share about that. Yes. <laughs> but I want to um, stop you if you have more you want to share about. No, you're good. Things. Go ahead if you want to share some more okay. about the, the art of Marvel. I think I'm going to plug in my experience as to why we had two hotels here, because I think this yeah. is really important for anyone who's listening. <laughs> yes. Please, please don't ever have the same mistake that we had, because... Um, 
so what we what happened was we I booked my vacation on the Disney website. They sent me a confirmation to my email. Um, I assume they it said you know you have to pay by a certain date. Um, of course, I was balancing like a million different details, right? So I was like, I was thinking, just like Disney, they'll send me a reminder email when it's time to pay, right? Okay, so turns out all of their reminder emails about payment go to your spam folder. And this is a known problem for Disneyland Paris. So they sent me like three reminders to make my payment. And then they sent me something that said, four days until we see you, make sure you print this thing out. That was the title of the email. But if I click the button in the email to like print it, it says, we're sorry we had to cancel your Disney vacation because you didn't pay. So that's what I found out the last night in Paris before we were going. I found out that they had canceled our entire Disney vacation, and I did cry. <laughs> All because those emails went to, went to my your spam. spam. Mm-hmm. And I went there, um, and so we didn't have anywhere to stay. We didn't have any Disney tickets because they're tied to your hotel, which we'll talk about a bit. And we had nothing, and I that never happened to me before because I always depended on those like emails to remind you to pay. Now, it is on me that we didn't pay in time, the full balance in full, but I was also thinking, in my brain, I have been going to Disney World a lot recently where you just pay when you get there because I haven't been doing packages as an annual pass holder. So somehow mm-hmm. in my brain, I just like totally spaced it. So we got a last minute price without a ticket at the Hotel Cheyenne for one night. And then they, the only room they had left in the entire complex for the other three nights was staying at the Hotel New York in their Empire State Club suites, <laughs> which is like the concierge level, like crazy, amazing suites. Okay. So we paid a lot, <laughs> too much. <laughs> Because we had nowhere else to stay except for off-site. And at that point, I was like, I can't do this. Like, we are we are tired. It was the end of our, like, 30-day trip. It was awful. However, the place we stayed was pretty amazing. So after yeah. we got over <laughs> the sticker shock and paid whatever, we stayed in this amazing room that had um, a giant – let's see if I can find a good photo. So this is what the rooms look like. Um, and they're, they're huge. They've got, it's like a suite. So there's got two, um, it's got benches on the ends of the beds and it has two chairs by the window with a table. And then there's a big vanity and this giant mirror that actually has like a 70 inch television screen inside it. So your TV is behind your mirror. And that means, you know, that you've paid a lot of money to have that. <laughs> so they also had, um, all of our like, uh, this is our vanity set. These all came, came free and they're, they're these little like beautiful designed little black boxes that sell, say Disney's hotel at New York, Art of Marvel. They gave us like all the things we needed. I so love that you took <laughs> oh, I 100% did. I was like, we paid a lot. I was like, what can we take without getting charged? <laughs> That's where we were at. So Elliot, it's funny because there's, they have these really beautiful cups in there. I think I have a picture of them. Uh, that came with our little coffee maker that says the Hotel um, New York Art of Marvel. Oh, and those are fancy. We did learn that the water is free, but we can't take the cups, right? Um, oh, so he did go to the gift shop and purchase one. So we do own one now. Uh, but they did give us free water every day, which is nice, bottled water, um, still water, as they would call it. And we did get like this, um, just like they do in the in the States, they've got um, shampoo and conditioner and body wash, mm-hmm. but it's all like Marvel themed. It's yeah. very... 
like Very masculine cute. smelling. <laughs> what soap would Iron Man use? That's right. kind of what it smells like. <laughs> so you, your whole family smelled like Iron Man for a couple did. days we were there. <laughs> but all the art in the rooms was unique to the particular room we were in. And then the wow. concierge level also included like a special check-in area. Okay, so we went, we rolled up to like the usual like schlubs check-in area, right? Like the, the stanchions and stuff. That's where we check in because that's what we could afford, right? And they're like, oh, no, like, you need to, you, you, you've got to come to the Empire State Club to check it. I was like, what? <laughs> so we go around the corner, they have a whole room where you sit down at a desk and they have a personal person to, like, check you in and show you around and, like, demonstrate all this. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that tax bracket usually, kids. So I was like, what is like, this? Yeah. So I'm like, this is amazing. So they... They did, um, they had a personal, personal show us up to our room. They took care of all of our bags, which by this point are eight suitcases. We're really glad somebody else was handling them. Yeah. I'm sure you're <laughs> like, yes, please take them. Please. <laughs> the best part was they had an Empire State Club lounge. They had two of them. They had one where you could go and just get like free soda all day long. And then they had another one that where they had tea from four to six that was included. And they had the most amazing breakfast we have ever had in our whole life. It was Marvel-themed breakfast, but I'm talking, like, they had, I'll see if I can find some pictures, they had fresh honeycomb that you could, like, scoop off of the comb and put with your breakfast. They had all the French pastries, all the French pastries you can think of, the fruit, the watermelon had a Marvel's logo embroidered in the fruit. Our coffee and hot (laughs) chocolate came with Marvel characters on top. So you could order a specific character. Uh, yeah, I have oh to find gosh. a picture for you because I was like, it was amazing. It was That's literally incredible. the best breakfast I've ever had. Here is little baby Groot on top <gasps> of my daughter's hot chocolate. Oh my word. That is the cutest thing I've ever seen. We're going to, we're going to need to post that on like our, our Instagram so that people who are just listening to the podcast afterwards can see all of these amazing, uh, cafe art on your coffees and teas and hot chocolates it was crazy so this one's like the avengers logo as well you could just kind of choose whatever character you wanted and they would just put it on your your thing so we had the fresh honey we had um they had all the pastries and things let's see if there's a little video here but they had they had fresh bread that they had made they it could make you an omelet to order you could have um all the all the french things that you would never oh here's the honey Look at this. Like, this is crazy. You could either have the fresh honey that had dripped off of the honeycomb, or you could have the actual honeycomb yourself. (laughs) I was like, this is how, like, some people live, isn't it? I was like, (laughs) oh, and then they had Mickey. They had little cake Mickey bread that you could have with your breakfast. It's like a little tiny. So is it like a little tiny chocolate cake Mickey in the middle of the bread? Yes. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, so anyway. I could gush about this breakfast for the rest of the episode, but I will just say that if you do stay in the Empire State um, Club, it's it, you get a lot of amazing things with it, and it's only open to people that stay at that, like, concierge level. So save um, your money, kids, and <laughs> treat yourself to treat yourself. <laughs> that, that, uh, that whole service. Yeah, it was great. So, um Anyway, I, I won't say too much else about that, except that because we were on this concierge level, you could also book private um, character group meet and greets with any of, like, the Marvel characters. <laughs> so That's you could just so call cool. and make an appointment and, like, go see Spider-Man. And so, yeah, it was amazing. That's very cool. <laughs> did, you, did you and your kids end up doing that? I know you said they're not huge character 
people. Did you guys end up doing the char- that character interaction? We didn't do that one in the hotel. We did do mm-hmm. the one in the parks. In the so, parks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Anyway, I'll, I'll just say that it, in the hotel itself, if you are a huge Marvel fan, like, oh, sorry, that one has a picture of my kiddo in it. Um, they have just art everywhere. So you can go and see all the original oh my kinds gosh. of classic Marvel comics all over the hotel. So That's it's great. Cool. And the building itself, just FYI, is uh, designed by Mark, Michael Graves, who is a very famous architect um, that Michael Eisner had him come in and uh, design that hotel. So it's there's one that's in Portland, too, that's, like, a very famous mm-hmm. building of his. So I'm like, it was fun to stay in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of that, like, some of the artwork and stuff you can see in, like, the lobby and common areas, or is that all in, like, the upstairs guest areas for that one? That was – the upstairs guest area is a little bit more plain in the hallway. I kind of showed you the door. Mm-hmm. This has, like, a, the numbers with the red, uh, like, kind of very marble. They had, like, a big mural that was by the elevators. They had mm-hmm. a um, a thing that, like, a, a photo booth that I can't show you a picture of because it has my kiddo in the middle, but uh, that has kind of the Avengers, and it's like you're putting yourself in a comic book, which is really fun. So even if you don't stay at the hotel, going to visit it, and you can see a lot of that art and take a photo, even if you don't stay at the hotel itself. I think it's worth a trip if you are a huge Marvel fan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So back to kind of what the other hotels that we were talking (laughs) about. No, you're good. That was perfect. I knew I was wanting to see, and you sent me a few photos. I was like, I want to see all of it too. (laughs) I know. I know. Here's some of the designs you can get on your coffee. I think they even have like a 30th one for Disney. So if you don't want Marvel, you could have like Disney designs. Oh my goodness. Amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, so the, then their top level, like ultimate deluxe resort that they have at Disneyland Paris is their Disneyland hotel. Um, so that's kind of the top of the line, although it probably rivals the price of that, that concierge level of the, the Marvel, Art of Marvel, um, hotel as far as those prices go but um yeah but that disneyland hotel is their top tier hotel that they have to offer so seven total choices that you have and again they range every budget to kind of like what you see at what we're used to at the disney parks they've got (laughs) the the hotel (laughs) (laughs) fresh honey hotel (laughs) and everywhere in between so take your pick Well, the Disneyland Hotel is not open uh, right now. Just FYI, if you're planning a trip, they're renovating it, turning it into like a princess theme, essentially like a royal uh, theme. So I got to see a lot of construction stuff on the windows and whatnot for that, which is kind of a bummer. But uh, they're doing that just if you're traveling this year in France, just know that they're hosting the Olympics next year in 2024. So a lot of things in Paris and in France in general are just kind of under construction because they're trying to make everything look better for the Olympics. So just heads up for that. Yeah. Yeah, And that includes a whole new Arendelle area of Disneyland Paris that they're hoping to have open, I believe before the Olympics start. So they've got all sorts of fun things from Paris all the way to Disneyland Paris that they're working on for, for that event. Uh, Anna asks the Disneyland hotel, is that the one that's over the entrance to Disneyland Paris? And yes. So it's kind of like, uh, the big pink hotel, if you've ever seen it, I'll pull up a picture in a minute of it, but, uh, the big hotel is kind of like at the entrance, then there is a train station before you go in after that. Um, just to clarify, but yes, that is the Disneyland hotel. And that's the one that's currently closed. Like you can't go into it all right now. Just sad. It looks like this. So 
big pink hotel. And you can see there's a lot of construction walls around it right now. But there's mm-hmm. also some beautiful fountains and whatnot in front of it. It's actually, I think when the construction walls aren't there, there's uh, it's a beautiful place to take photos with your family mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, very, very pretty. Nice. Um, okay, so let's talk about tickets and kind of how all of that works with Disneyland Paris. Um, the first thing I guess that we should just mention again is that when you book your resort through Disneyland Paris, your tickets are automatically included in that. It's not a separate thing that you have to select. They automatically give them to you. Yeah. And uh, but so <laughs> it looks like depends on where you get them from. Right now it's Disney, it's 30th anniversary. So they look like this mm-hmm. and it says magic pass on it. Um, this one I got at the gate. <laughs> Long story. But this one, if you kind of get your tickets outside of your hotel, no, wait, this is the hotel one. This is the non-hotel one because it's printed on the back. Like you can see they have all your hotel information printed on the back. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you also what parks you can get into because it's like in all the parks included mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yes. And you don't have a choice as far as like when you stay at Disneyland or Disney World in the U.S., you have a choice of, you know, you might be staying for seven days, but you only want five park days. You don't have that option at Disneyland Paris. They automatically give you those tickets for the length of your stay. Yeah, it's a, it, it was a really interesting situation for us because we did buy our first hotel um, that we stayed in the Cheyenne we didn't have a ticket attached to that one because they didn't have any ticket packages available for one night. Uh, so we weren't, okay. so we lost a whole day of the parks of our trip because of that, uh, their email error, which really stinks. But, um, so we went into the park first and we learned, uh, and they, we learned as we got to the gate, they're just like, no, you have to check into your hotel first that has the package and they'll give you your passes to get into the park. And I was like, we don't want to walk all the way back to New York, right? So we're like, yeah. is there any way we can do this here? And they're like, well, you got to go to guest services. So that's how we ended up with with two passes is because we ended up having to. And then and then it made it complicated when we went to check in for a hotel because they're like, what, you already have your tickets? Like, you're not supposed to have those. And so just go to your hotel first and check in because otherwise you're going to create a headache for yourself. And the cast members won't know what you're doing because it's a thing. So yeah, just yeah. go to your hotel first to get your tickets. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I will say as far as park reservations go, because I know that's a question that people ask because we are dealing with those in the U.S., they do have them in Disneyland Paris as well. But when you book the package, you don't have to make a park reservation because it's automatically done for you because it's linked to your stay. Um, but now if for some reason you end up with that non-connected ticket, like Kate was mentioning, then that one would need a reservation if you're doing that ahead of time. Um, But typically, you're going to be booking that package with the resort and the tickets, and you're not going to need to do a park reservation if that's the case. Right. And it is really interesting that the tickets, they don't have any magic bands there, Um, not at all. They don't sell them. They don't exist. It's like they this doesn't exist at all. So no magic bands and no, there's no digital tickets inside your app. It looks like, I think I saw some people scanning QR codes to go in. I'm pretty sure that might be the annual pass that's there. Mm-hmm. But anybody who has hotel tickets, I showed them my tickets show up in my app, but they don't allow me to get into the park. So the way that you scan into the park, instead of having tap styles with like a finger or whatever, or like, you know, they don't have any of that. Instead, it's like the subway 
if you've ever been on the subway. So you scan, you scan your card on like a little um, pad and it will like read your card that you're valid. And then the doors open up and you walk through them. So hmm. that's uh, how you get in. <laughs> they kind of like the customers just make sure you kind of like have one of these before you walk towards them. And that's it. So interesting. It's, yeah, it's a different system. <laughs> and I was like, it's interesting to me because they don't have my photo. So you, I could have handed this to like Jackie if she had showed up and been like, have yeah. a good day in Disneyland. And she could have just gotten in and had a fun time. So a very yeah. different system than in the U.S. Not that I did that or would advocate right. for that. I'm right. Saying. No, not at all. <laughs> but that is interesting because, you know, we're so used to they scan a fingerprint or, you know, that type of thing. That's but Yeah, your cards are pretty transferable if you want to. So, okay. It's not a tap style or a turn style. I guess it's a tap style if you think of, like, you tap your card on the thing and then the door is right. open. So I guess right. it would be a tap style. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, so no Magic fans <laughs> uh, the cards. And it's interesting that, you know, it gave we stayed four nights, or we were supposed to stay four nights, and then it would have given us five a five-day ticket. So you could go mm-hmm. on the day you get there. You can go on the day you leave. But I do recommend staying in a Disney hotel there, mainly because the hours are so short in those parks. Like, mm-hmm. it's like 12 hours is all you get. So if you are staying in a Disney hotel, you get an extra hour in the morning. You get that extra mm-hmm. magic hour. And I think you really you really need that to uh, maximize your park day, especially considering how, um, I'll just say this now because we're talking about how Fantasyland in, in Disneyland actually closes an hour before the rest of the park. And it's a significant portion of the park. So you're going to lose time there uh, to explore things and whatnot. So, yeah. But that extra hour is really nice. And it's nice that anyone staying at, a res- at any of the resorts has access to that. Um, so kind of like the previous extra magic hour system that we're more used to at Walt Disney World, where it's kind of across the board. Um, everybody has that extra hour in the morning, which is really nice. Yeah. And I will say that not all of the resorts, not all of the Disney resorts actually have transportation to the park. So if mm-hmm. you're booking, I feel like one of the ones that was more like the campground ones, those mm-hmm. ones didn't have any transportation to the park. So you either got to drive yeah. yourself or call an Uber or something, which is not necessarily reliable out there. So uh, yeah. make sure you, you are staying close enough to walk or have uh, Disney transportation if you're staying in a Disney hotel. If I could catch you off guard. Yeah. Yeah. And how far was your walk from the different resorts? Did you, you, did you walk directly to the parks from the Cheyenne when you were there? We took the shuttle. Okay. <laughs> we took the shuttle in, uh, to, it goes to the village. So it doesn't go to like the park. Okay. So it's like, there's like one main bus stop, which is also next to the train station. So we took, I took the shuttle, but it was only like a five minute ride. And it's like mm-hmm. a 10 to 15 minute walk to the Cheyenne. From New York, it was probably less than 10 minutes, maybe like seven, because I just walked mm-hmm. through the village. It's on, literally on the other side of the village is your hotel. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I it's, it's interesting because the buses aren't the same as the U.S. because we're so used to order, right? We're used to this orderly kind of lineup. We know kind of who was there first, and we kind of let them go to the front-ish, you know? like that. Mm-hmm. We have that, like, sense of order. They don't do that there. What happened was the bus would drop everybody off and then they would swing around to where they pick everybody else up, uh, up and then they would open the three sets of doors and then everybody ran towards the bus. Oh my goodness. It's, it's like every man for himself and you just go. <laughs> and some people didn't make it on. Like you just like, it's, 
it was crazy. And the bus wow. wasn't even like stopped rolling before people were like rushing it. And I was like, <laughs> this is chaos. And honestly, that's just kind of the culture there. So there's, uh, the people in the UK are very good about queuing, but beyond that, a lot of Europe, they don't, they don't care <laughs> about queuing. <laughs> they don't care about lining up and whose turn is it and cutting. That's not a thing. Like they're just like, eh, I want to go. So I'm going good luck <laughs> to you. So, um, yeah, since we're talking about that, I'll just mention that that, that happens everywhere in the parks. So be prepared mm-hmm. for people to cut in front of you to jump into the premier pass lines when they're not supposed to. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know why it's a thing there, but I got really, I got upset by the last night because it just happened to me the whole time I was there. Yeah. And uh, some of the queues are like wider when you first enter them and then they kind of get narrower. Mm-hmm. So people, I guess, think that you usually think like after you pass underneath the, like the sign, you're now in line, right? We think like right. you're, no yeah. one is supposed to cross after that that they don't think that they're like oh no this is wide enough and i can still pass you because i have room so i'm gonna (laughs) by the end of it i was like holding my ground and i was like excuse me (laughs) i was like excuse me don't cut in front of my children just because they walk slower no thank you so anyway just expect that that's going to happen Oh, yeah. Uh, Len says Germany and Austria were the opposite. Queue is life. There are, like, European countries where it's, like, you queue and you keep order. And then there's ones that are, like, meh, we'll do what we want. So <laughs> France is one of those we do what we want kind of places. <laughs> there you go. And now you know. And now those of you in the chat that are, are uh, planning on a trip, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> Get those elbows ready. Like, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then during the early entry, you've got some notes here about kind of the way their early entry works for park guests. Yes. There's just this very, um, we're used to a lot of signage in the U.S. parks telling us where to go, telling us like, hey, this thing is canceled or, hey, this is closing early. Like there's none of that there. Just none. Just expect that there's no signs. So you will guess or ask um, about a lot of things. And Every single morning, I feel like we got in the wrong line for getting into early entry because there's no signage. We figured it out by like the second, third day, you know, like, okay, there's actually lines for this. These are the like locals (laughs) trying to get in. These are like the, you know, so we figured it out eventually, but so often we would get to the front of the line. They're like, no, you have to go stand in that line. And we're like, Oh, no. So just be very sure what line you're getting into because there's no signage. If there's a cast member around, you can ask them and they would, they should know. Uh, there's just not always a cast member around to ask. So sometimes we would send a runner to the front of the line to like ask before we got in line. We learned to do that. So yeah, just saying it's just a different culture. Right, right, for sure, for sure. Um, so talking just generic general price comparison, because I feel like this is something that people are like, what is the comparison between the U.S. parks and Disneyland Paris, and how does that look? Now, currently, the conversion rate euros are fairly close to our U.S. dollar, um, so yes. that's good for right now. <laughs> um, so these prices are kind of a general idea. I just like I said, wanted to give you guys a breakdown. So if you're looking at just like a one day, one park ticket, uh, Disney World, you're looking anywhere from 134 to 159. Disneyland in California, you're looking 129 to 179. A one day, one park ticket at Disneyland Paris is $67. Yep. 
So that's that category. Now, if you're looking at a hopper, uh, Disney World, you're looking at 218 to 237. Disneyland California, you're looking 194 to 244. And Disneyland Paris, for a one-day hopper, you're looking anywhere from 104 to 150. Which is what they quoted us when we were there for that one day. And we only had a half day left. And they're like, it'll be like 100 euro. And we're like, that's not worth it for a half day. We're like, eh. I would say we'd go swim, but most of the places don't have pools there unless they're deluxe. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Which we found out when we were doing all that research on those hotels. Yep. Um, yeah. So that just kind of gives you that idea. Um, now, let's look at a three-day ticket just to give you guys kind of a more realistic idea. Um, in Disney World, a three-day ticket is a, a three-day single park per day ticket. So a base ticket is four twenty-five. Uh, Disneyland, California is 360, and they actually do not offer non-hopper options past one day at Disneyland Paris. I don't know why. So, <laughs> so you have to have a hopper once you get past one day. Two days, you have to have a hopper option. Because they um, want to make people go into that second park because so many people don't want to go into Walt Disney Studios Park. So that's their mm-hmm. way of trying to spread out the crowds is by not offering a single yep. park. Yep, exactly. Um, so if you're looking at a three-day hopper at Disney World, you're looking at 505. At Disneyland California, you're looking around 420. At Disneyland Paris, you're looking anywhere from 258 to 372. So they their tickets are do fluctuate based on how busy they're going to be, crowd levels, time of year, that type of thing, just like we see in the U.S. So um, those ticket prices, when I was looking, I think were like January-ish when I was comparing across the board for all three areas. So you can see the difference now that being that being said, there's two parks at Disneyland Paris, two parks at Disneyland California, four parks at Disney World. So some of that price comparison, you know, is because of that. Um, but overall, your prices at Disneyland Paris are not terrible for sure. <laughs> Unless they cancel your hotel reservation. Yeah. In which case, that's just all expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and do remember that those, I pulled out those ticket prices. Those are not your package prices for Disneyland Paris. And we did mention earlier that when you book your resort, those tickets are automatically included. I just gave you a ticket to ticket comparison because that's the easiest way to compare when you're looking at that because the hotels will fluctuate all over the place. Um, but that's your ticket to ticket comparison kind of across the board just to give you guys an idea. Um, of what that looks like. That's really helpful, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, okay. So another thing that they do have that we also have here, well, have had previously here in the States for our parks are dining plans. Um, the interesting thing about their dining plans that they have there is they have a lot more options for their dining plans than we have seen previously in, in the States. Um, and they do use a physical, like, meal voucher card. Um, so similar to kind of what Kate was talking about with those, you know, with those Magic Pass cards, that's what they utilize for that um, whenever you go to use it. So they have kind of two options of the dining plans that you can do. And then within those two main options are, like, sub tiers kind of the way that it's broken down so they have what they call a full board dining plan which gives you two meal vouchers for lunch and dinner and then they also give you a breakfast voucher so that's kind of how that 
plan works. And then the half board dining plan gives you one meal voucher for lunch or dinner plus a breakfast voucher. Um, so they don't look at meals versus snacks versus any of that kind of stuff. It's just per like meal basically just because their dining is done quite a bit differently in their parks and we'll get to that here in a moment and Kate I'm sure has some insight on that for us um but then within the full board and half board they have four tiers that you can choose from so from bottom tier to top tier they have the hotel tier they have standard they have plus and they have premium and that basically just tells you what restaurants you're eligible to use them at so if you book that lowest level hotel option you're only eligible to use that at the hotel restaurants. If you book a standard option, it opens up a little bit more. So you can kind of look at all of those on the website if that's something you choose to do um, when it comes to your eating. But so they basically have like eight different options that you can choose from uh, when it comes to their dining plans, if that's something that you want to do. Yeah, and we did, when we were researching this, they also, um, so while we're researching, like, where we should go eat uh, was, was something that we, that Jackie looked into, and then I decided to, like, book my own reservations, um, which was silly because I had a million things to do, but I, <laughs> so Jackie, oh, I got to it late, and if you get to it late, it's just like Disney World where there's nothing left, so book, I think it's 60 days out for them, book 60 days out, like, on the button, uh, mm-hmm. And if you don't, there is a great website. You do have to pay for it um, to get, like, the premier access where you're likely to get a reservation. It's called DLP Tables. Um, I signed up for that because I was like, okay, clearly, you're like, I messed up here, and I need to, like, try to get us some decent reservations. So I was actually able to get almost all the things that I wanted um, using that, and I just had to really be on my game when the notifications came in to book um, for my family. I do think that if you're not staying at a Disney World resort, there must be some sort of issue because I could only have like two reservations and it wouldn't let me book more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to really look into that. Uh, if I'm not sure that's true, but I had a really hard time. It wouldn't let me book it until I had a reservation. And I thought mm-hmm. I had a reservation, of course, you know, so I'm like, what is going on here? But, <laughs> um, but anyway. I will say that the, the eating situation is is pretty interesting in Disneyland Paris. There is no picnicking allowed. So if you're a family who packs their lunch into the park or your dinner, that's not allowed in Disneyland Paris at all. So you can bring your water bottles and whatnot. And we did. My kids brought snacks in. I think they're not supposed to. But my kids, like, packed in, like, just a snack in their day bag. Um, and nobody said anything about it. So I think they probably see that quite often with children. Um but they, yeah, no picnicking at all. There's signs about it. And then the restaurants have really bizarre hours. So yeah. um, Jackie advised me to eat before 6 p.m., and that was great advice. <laughs> we made sure we started looking early for a place to eat. Yeah. There's not a lot of great food at Disneyland Paris except for at their table service restaurants. And yeah. I think that the culture is that usually you just sit down and have your big meal um, all together at the end of the day and like they kind of expect people to almost be done with the parks by about dinner time which is so different than american culture we're like go 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 right the whole evening yeah. it's kind of like you have a leisurely dinner and then you see the show and then you leave and that's like the culture there right so um i think lem asked me is it true that every restaurant has wine every every restaurant has wine or beer or alcohol of some some um way they didn't have that when it first opened 
Mm-hmm. But the Imagineers knew the culture in France enough because they'd been living there uh, to develop it that they actually installed like places to store wine and kegs and whatnot in the buildings because they thought eventually they would have to. And uh, sure enough, the people of France kind of like, yeah, the people of France kind of like revolted. They're like, what do you mean I can't have wine with my dinner? Like, this is just right. part of life, right? So they do serve alcohol pretty much everywhere um, mm-hmm. throughout the parks. And then um, there's... So if, if your restaurants are like closed, Disney Village is the only place that has kind of open late eating places. There's a two story McDonald's and there's, um, there's a new, like almost like Rosen Crown pub, but it's not called that. It's called something else, but it just opened up recently that kind of is down there that everybody recommends, recommended that when I asked, like, where would you eat? Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't eat a lot down there. I think it's a rainforest cafe as well. There's, uh, my kids ate at like the cool stop. So they had like, Pizza. Little, yeah, they had like that little convenience store that we found because we were concerned, not yeah. going to lie. Yes. And we were looking at because a lot of the things that I read said that there have been instances and it's frequent where people would be standing in line at these quick service locations and they would just close while there was still a line there. And they'd be like, sorry, we're closed. And yeah. it's like, oh man, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those things where like when we looked at, at the different places to eat it's like okay we're gonna look a little bit of everywhere because we want to make sure that you guys have options that you can yeah. go to like we were in the like pinocchio village house restaurant and it was like 6 30 which we think is like the height of like dinner time and they were closing their doors and saying like luckily like elliot had gotten in with the kids and they were telling me you can't order anymore but he was already in line and i was like okay thank goodness we got here in time because yeah they just close all of the quick service and then you can't get any reservations for the table service and then it's like what do you eat because you can't picnic so you can eat what what you can eat is um sometimes like the snack carts will stay open later or you can go into disney village which is super annoying if you're in the park and you're hungry (laughs) but they do have like uh, crepe stands everywhere. So it's kind of like the churros of Disney. <laughs> they have like crepes where you can get a sugar crepe or a Nutella crepe virtually everywhere. And they're really good. So I recommend those. Uh, and they do have some popcorn stands, but their popcorn is a little bit different than it is in the U S it's not like the pop secret kind of like buttery one. Um, it's more like lightly salted popcorn, but it was really good. And the refills for it, though, were expensive. Even if you bought the popcorn bucket, it was like six euro for a refill. So don't expect Mm -hmm. like cheap popcorn refills there. That's not a thing. (laughs) Then says smuggle in baguettes. (laughs) They have lots of baguettes there. It's such a thing. That might be Um, a little too obvious in your bag. (laughs) Yeah. The places that I loved eating the most with my family uh, we loved Pim's Kitchen, I think, was, like, one of the best places we ate. And it's not like the one in DCA if you're used to um, Pim's Test Kitchen, which does have good food, too. But it has, uh, look, this giant Oreo cake. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. The idea of, like, big and small food, right? Like, just, mm-hmm. like, the one in the U.S. And they have uh, this giant pretzel. Look, Jackie, it's a giant pretzel it's sandwich. A pretzel sandwich. That's so cool. <laughs> I think it was a burger uh, or something, but no, this one was a sandwich. They had also one that was a burger that they sliced, and then they also had little mini ones as well. 
which That's is really, really, cool. really fun. <laughs> uh, but it was this massive uh, buffet. It was a buffet restaurant. They did give you a little pretzel that they sent to your table and they hung up on the, so you you started your meal with a pretzel hanging at your table, which just made love me that. think of Jackie because she loves her pretzels. <laughs> I do love pretzels. It's so true. <laughs> and then they have um, just like giant, they have giant brie and tiny brie. And then they have a whole assortment of uh, just I don't even, I don't even remember half the food I have. Like, here's a picture of my plate. They had little ceviche things. They had little mini burgers. They had, uh, barbecue pork. They had these spring rolls that were really good. They had, some of it was like really like gourmet food that was all just kind of like finger food-esque. And then, um, they had, they brought your juice and little, um, what they called the little beakers and whatnot because it was like a lab, right? Yeah. So how fun. It was, it was so great. This is, oh, and then this is my desserts. I have to show you my desserts. So they have this like honeycomb wasp cake Ooh. and a lemon like chiffon layered cake. Um, and then there's like a pecan one in the back there and a key lime pie. And they were all very uh, European flavors in the way that they were very light. Nothing was extremely sugary or extremely heavy. So even mm-hmm. though it looks like a lot of frosting, it was all very more like either meringue or just like really light flavored desserts. So nothing was terribly heavy. So I would say uh, if you get nothing else, try to get Pins Kitchen Kitchen, if you really like to eat and buffets are your thing, like just go. It's really good. Yeah. And that one is in Walt Disney Studios Park. It's in the Avengers Campus area. And the other place I would recommend is the um, Walt, which is in Main Street, USA. And that one is basically themed after Walt Disney. So it's all the food is Walt Disney's favorites, but like deconstructed and reinvented into kind of like a gourmet way. Because if you know Walt Disney, he loved eating like chili and drinking V8 and having <laughs> gravy on everything. <laughs> so he, um, so they, this restaurant, I'm trying to find some pictures for you guys, but uh, it was just such a fun experience to see all of his like family photos on the walls, all the animation things that he did. And it's very much, um, designed after his style of both food and everything else and they had i love this like the the butter of of disney it's like that's where the name the name disney comes from so they have butter that's from like the region where his disney name comes from that is so cool any uh, little little touch that like that's so cool (laughs) yes and i had like the chili but i had it it was deconstructed so they gave me like a little ceramic thing of chili in the back there that looks like a can and then they had like the rest of the chili fixings were kind of like the gourmet part of it so um yeah it was it's really really fun it has a lot of little inside nods to things that are in disney history so if you're a disney history fan highly recommend waltz on main street usa yeah, and that was one that you didn't get waltz until like last minute for that one because that was one that we were like, we need to make sure that you get it. <laughs> and it, it was like, were you on your cruise when you got that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was in port somewhere because I couldn't be like on the ship. I didn't get signal, so I was like in a port. I was like, it popped up, and we ha- we were like sailing away, and you have ten minutes before you lose signal. I was like, oh no! <laughs> But no, I got it in time, which was so good. And uh, I'll just say that the the other place, I know I kind of jumped around here. Sorry. No, you're good. I found um, you. (laughs) I will say, I also 
I heard a lot of recommendations for Remy's, uh, which is a really cute place to eat. It has little, like, it looks like little champagne um, corks and things for your chairs. And little, it's, it's like, adorable. Like, you're shrunk down to the size of a mouse and you're eating. And I heard really good things about that place, but that reservation was impossible to find. Mm-hmm. So that is at the, it's, it's at the exit. If you imagine, if you're used to seeing the, the Ratatouille, like Remy ride in Epcot, and you know how you get out on the exit and there's just, like, a big wall there. That wall was a window looking into the restaurant there. Mm. So uh, that's where the restaurant's located. And I didn't get to try it, but people recommended it. And then uh, the Coco restaurant that just opened, that's actually a quick service meal, if you're not going to do a table service, we recommend that one. It was actually really good. Um, it was like European Mexican food. So uh, don't expect American Mexican food. <laughs> uh, but it has kind of like a curry flavor to it, and it's more sweet so mm-hmm. rather than spicy. That's just kind of the way that they do Mexican food over there. But they did have churros, and they actually weren't that bad. They weren't like Disneyland <laughs> churros. But they were edible, and they came with Nutella to dip them in. So, you know, can't, can't be mad about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I would I would recommend the Coco Restaurant, um, but we did have we have a, that's where we did click and collect. Should we talk about that for a second? Yes, let's do that. So when we were looking into like, do they mobile order? Do they not? It basically what the, all that we could find was that they said yes, we have this, and they call it click and collect, and it's available at. Uh, like limited locations, I think is what it said when we were looking into it. So we're like, okay, well, that works. It's got to be, you know, just in the app like we're used to that Disney does. Um, but Kate had a very different experience <laughs> with Click and Collect. <laughs> yeah, I will say this is what the churros look like. They're little, oh, like, use that you would dip into with a Nutella. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with Click and Collect, Elliot is usually the one who orders our food. So he's the one that did this and God bless him. Cause he's not like a huge technology person, but he did figure it out. So we were all expecting, we did order it in the app, the Disneyland Paris app, but we were expecting like in the app, you can go and see your mobile orders or it will like pop up and say, like, say that I'm here. Like all the things that we're used to at the Disney parks, like it doesn't do that. What it does is it sends an email to your email address and in your email address you hit a button that kind of says like prepare my order essentially so (laughs) it took us a while to figure out that that was where that went because we're like where did our order go we know we made it and then when we went to go pick it up the lines were like super ambiguous there wasn't like great signage we're like is it we know we saw it over the window but it could have been like this line or this line and Elliot asked and somebody sent him in like this line but then there were some people like that were at the window saying like well they sent me over here but they shouldn't have been here and like, it was very confusing <laughs> oh no we did get our food and it was all Good. correct when we did get it so it does work but it's a little bit quirky and I don't think all of the cast members quite know how to use it um <laughs> so so maybe it's a newer thing with- <laughs> what they've been working on there's that uh you know how kate mentioned earlier that they're a little behind us technologically there's a prime example yeah that and the (laughs) tickets not being on the app which just blew my mind i was like you know tickets aren't in their app (laughs) right right (laughs) it's great so uh yeah so in terms of food other places there's not a lot of places that the menus looked that great to us like and mm-hmm. Elliot's like a huge foodie so he was like eh, I don't know we could eat that if we had to is kind of how we felt about a lot of the restaurants there 
Yeah, it's and funny. I kind of warned Kate that that was the research that I did was the food is not good. So I had warned Kate, like, okay, you're going to have to prep Elliot because I knew how big of a foodie he was. I was like, you're going to have to prep him that it's it's not going to be great, unfortunately. No, but luckily we had those table service meals. We had enough and the breakfast at our hotel that was amazing. That worked like out he very got well. to start his day with that breakfast. Like I don't usually eat breakfast that often, but he went to go get it every day, so he took advantage of that and I think that really evened things out for him. Yes. Well, that worked cuz we weren't sure exactly what breakfast was going to look like going into it with what we no. knew was available and not available. So, you know, it worked out. <laughs> I know. I don't know if we would have had much breakfast. I think they did have a restaurant that opened up for something at the Cheyenne in the morning, um, but we weren't there long enough. There was a Starbucks there, so we probably could have gotten something from Starbucks every day, but that's financially not really a win, and also it's, like, not necessarily the healthiest, depending on what you get. So, Right. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, so that's kind of, in a nutshell, what the dining looks like. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot, but no, there's that's a lot okay, to say there. That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about something else that we can compare kind of across parks, and that is the Genie Plus Lightning Lane Fast Pass system. Um, so Disneyland Paris does have a system for shortening your, your wait time. They do call it the Disney Premier Access Pass, um, and that is they've got a couple different options on how they utilize this. Um, so you can use the access one option, which is a pay by attraction option. Um, and the way that that works is um, they do limit three per guest per day. So if you do that option, you only have the ability to purchase three different rides and they have to be different rides. You can't purchase the same ride three times or that type of thing. Um, it gives you an hour return window, which is what we're all kind of used to when it comes to those types of things. Um, and the prices do vary based on the ride. So this is very similar to the individual lightning lanes that we're used to in the U.S. parks, where the prices range based on the um, the attraction. So the euro prices are anywhere from five to thirteen, so about five fifty to thirteen seventy five, so to speak, with the U.S. Uh, U.S. exchange rate. So, like I said, the euros are very close to the U.S. dollar right now. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of the first option that they have if you only want to use it for a select number of rides. Not every ride is included in that. It is a limited number of rides in the parks that they do offer that service for. The second option is the Access Ultimate option, which is a pay-by-day option, and you get one ride per attraction that is included on there. So you're still only able to utilize it to ride each attraction once. Um, that does give you the ability to join those queues at any time. So it doesn't give you a return window like the other option does. You can just get in those lines at any point with that pass. Um, the price for that ranges anywhere from, in U.S. dollars, 95 to 200 per person per day. And those prices do fluctuate depending on the crowd level. Yeah, so that price option where you have to pay per day is very, very costly when you look at even just two people going. If you're going during those busy times, it's going to be $200 per person on top of what you're already paying for your tickets and your package and all that type of thing. So those are the two options that they have when it comes to their fast pass lightning lane system yeah, we did not see a lot of people using it like it's not like a steady long stream of like lightning lane people it was like mm -hmm. here and there there was a couple mm -hmm. people going in that side and i did hear 
one of those guys that tried to like cut me off uh, in one of the lines was standing behind me and he was like, he was speaking French, but I understand enough that I could understand what he's saying. He was just like nonstop complaining about how long the line was. It was like a 30 minute line. Like for us in the U.S., we're like, this is no big deal, right? It's right. like Thunder right. Mountain. So we're like, okay. Right. He was like, he was basically saying like, I can't believe this line is so long and how come we can't get that premier access pass? And like, he was just like going off in French and I was like... Okay, this guy's having yep. a bad day. That's right. probably why he's trying to cut in the line. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so they do have those options, but like Kate said, it doesn't seem like it's often utilized. Um, I mean, it's a really high price point. I mean, I could understand maybe the access one if there's a specific ride that like you, it's that ride is the make or break for your your group. You may decide to splurge and do one, you know, here or there, but. Overall, from what I've seen and I think what Kate experienced, it's it's not really necessary if you kind of plan your day accordingly. No, there was only two lines that we waited in that were extremely long. Um, and one was the Crushes Coaster line in Walt Disney Studios Park, I think because it's like a newer one. And it, Crushes Coaster, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like a less themed uh guardians like the one in epcot where the roller coaster will like turn so it's kind of like you're going on the eac and they're like being spun in the water and stuff it's kind of but it's really there's not much of a theme to it it's cute and it was fun but we waited like 65 minutes for it oh gosh and it was a long line and uh my kids are like they just hate it now because they're like they had to wait for so long and i like don't blame them but um the other one was peter pan but it could have Peter Pan always has a long line, no matter what park you're in. It just does because it's slow loading. And I feel like it was extra long the day we were there because it just opened up after a refurb. So I don't know if it's always that long. It. it was extremely long. It was, it was that was another hour long wait for us. And my kids were not happy, but it's fun. <laughs> so hey, you know, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so depending on your budget would depend on whether or not that's something that you choose to utilize. Um, another thing depending on – sorry, go ahead. Did you have more to add about that? I will just say that the some of the big rides that usually have long lines in other parks don't necessarily have as long lines there, like Space Mountain, because it's – a more intense roller coaster that kind of like goes upside down and it's, it's, it's more like rocking roller coaster if you're familiar with that. Um, so not as many people want to go on it because it's so extreme. So the, the wait for it actually isn't as long, which is good and bad, I guess, depending on who you are. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, when that was one of your kiddos top rides, I'm sure that was very helpful for (laughs) for you guys. (laughs) And I had a single rider line, so he was in heaven. But, and yes, I will say, too, that if they do have some way that they uh, need to make it up to you to uh, skip some lines in the park, we did. We were given, because they felt so bad for the hours that I spent sorting everything else, they did give us a couple of passes. And this is what they look like for uh, being able to go in the Premier Access line. So they do. That's just thought it was interesting. They're, it's in French and in English and in German. So there's three languages on it. And they have to write um the number of guests and the attraction it's only good for that one attraction so it's interesting it's not digital you know it's like you think in the u.s they would just add it to your magic band or whatever it's like right it's all paper so all paper very, very yeah. different 
Yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, so then they do also offer, talking about extra costs to your package, they do offer their photo pass um, option as well. Um, it, it's very vague, the descriptions that they have on their website. So if you're someone who goes through and purchases it and gets more information, please share it with us because it was very hard to find without like actually physically purchasing it myself. Um, but the cost is approximately $75. And from what I read, it's good for 10 days for that cost. So 10 days worth of park days for that $75 to utilize that photo pass. But there doesn't seem to be like, there's not photo pass photographers just like hanging out anywhere to take your photo. Like there's not a whole stream right. down main street. There's not in every little pocket to take your picture. Like they might be with the characters we didn't, do there was there was there was one of the characters because we did for one character we went to see and then there's the ride photos that have a little mm -hmm. number on them and what i showed you guys is that they, they have watermarks on them pretty heavily so yeah. that, like i took a picture of it because i was like i'm not gonna buy this package but um right. there was a lock on the center and then a whole bunch of mickeys over it so you really yeah. can't see much of your family <laughs> <laughs> um so that's how they keep it from people not so they have to go and there is actually physical places to go buy that photo after the ride like there used to be in the disney yeah. parks those that's still cool. exist in disneyland paris I mean, I kind of love that. That's a fun, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. think of like going to theme parks where you get to like bring the photo home with you, you know, so I, I, yeah. I don't mind that. I think that's fun. <laughs> I'd like to have the like digital as time. well. <laughs> right. Like I'd like to have the digital version as well because it's just much easier to keep track of that way. But it's a fun option to have that, the ability to print those in the parks. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. We didn't buy them because we had enough stuff to carry. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. So yeah, so about $75 from what I could see um, for up to 10 days. So that's your other kind of extra add-on if you choose to with your package deal. Um, and then I think we already talked a little bit about the whole package reservation process. Is there anything else with that, Kate, that you wanted to add on? No, just be be really, really aware that you of your due date to make sure that you don't miss it like I did and then have them cancel your whole trip because that's just awful. So just, you know, be very aware of that due date on the first email because their next email, you can't guarantee it's going to land in your inbox. It won't land in your spam. Like right. me. Yeah. And or if you're someone that frequently checks your spam inbox, good for you. <laughs> Who does that? I don't know. Well, I even explained to them, I was like, I was also at sea. The day that they canceled it, I was literally at sea with no internet. I, like, couldn't even get any of the emails that they sent to my spam folder, like, saying, like, you need to pay this in the next 24 hours. I was on the Disney cruise, so I couldn't get it. So, like, even if I had seen it, I couldn't see Right. There wasn't anything situation. you could have done about it. It was yeah. a perfect storm. Oh, Bad yes, thing. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about some rides? Yes. Let's talk about rides. Yes. Um, so this is the fun part of all of the research that we got to do because I watched a bunch of point of view videos of rides and we researched the map and looked at where everything was and all of that. That's, that's the best part in my opinion. So this was the fun part. <laughs> yes. So... Uh, Disneyland Paris, let's talk about that park first. So I've already mentioned that Space Mountain is kind of like the rock and roller coaster, way more intense. Um, and it's actually not in Tomorrowland because Tomorrowland doesn't exist there. They have what they call Discoveryland. And uh, Discoveryland is um, themed after um, inventors of the past is basically what it looks like. I think I have a picture of the Discoveryland. This is actually based on a, a whole land that Tony Baxter designed for Disneyland 
but never ended up getting built there. And so he brought the concept over to Disneyland Paris. So everything's kind of like steampunk themed and they do have like the Nautilus and Space Mountain has, uh, if anybody's a Jules Fern, uh, fan, they have the Columbia that will like launch you to out to the moon on top of Space Mountain. So it looks like people are actually going at that tube on the side of Space Mountain and looks like they're getting launched into space, which is so cool. Really fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really unique, uh, looking place. Then they have the Hyperion airship, and they have um, Videopolis. If anybody, if anybody remembers Videopolis in Disneyland, they have a Videopolis there. It's just like a big theater. And we found, actually, really good tip for families. If you're looking for a place to sit down in the shade, it seems like during the day there, there's just open seating. And they play, like, Mickey cartoons, and they, they go between English and French with subtitles of the other language. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So my kids... Like, and the bathroom lines are really long almost everywhere there. So there's a bathroom in there. So while like some of us are waiting for the bathroom, the other people just sat down and waited and, and we could watch the Mickey cartoons and whatnot, which was really fun. So that's a great place to get out if it's if it's hot outside or you just need to get out of the crowds a little bit and spread out. There's a lot of seating in there. It's just a giant theater where nothing's going on. So yeah. <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> yes. Um, in terms of other rides, uh. Oh, I, w- I should mention Space Mountain is also currently Hyperspace Mountain is the actual theme of the ride itself. So if you're a Star Wars fan, it's a great one. It's definitely different than the one that's in Disneyland when they have that Hyperspace Mountain. So they're not the same. Um, it is a tough ride, too, if you have motion sickness. I only went on it once, and I was like, and I'm done. It's I'm proud of you for going on it once, though. I did. <laughs> I tried it. Um, and then they do also have the Nautilus there. And uh, if anybody remembers the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it's not the submarine ride like we used to have in Disney World, uh, but it is a walkthrough attraction like they used to have in Disneyland, where you go inside, like, Captain Nemo's, like, um, captain's quarters, and you walk through the ship. And my kids thought it was really cool, and I thought it was fun to go back and kind of relive that part of Disney history. So yeah, it was a fun thing to do if you're waiting for somebody to go on Space Mountain and you're looking for something, like... Uh, the t- Autopia line can get a little bit long and same with Buzz Lightyear that's there so we were like well we can do this walkthrough and there's no wait for it so it's a nice thing to do while you're waiting um, Autopia was pretty much the same there and Buzz Lightyear is almost identical to Disneyland yes Disneyland because you could pick up the, the blaster yeah. um, other favorite rides there Big Thunder Mountain was incredible <laughs> That was our and it looked that way. Like, I remember <laughs> looking at it on the map like, wait, it's on an island? That's so cool. There's, like, water all around the ride. Mm-hmm. So this is the fourth Big Thunder Mountain that uh, Tony Baxter ever designed. And he was like, we're going to make it the best. And so he did. It's like, it's the whole ride, like you said. You go underneath the water to start. So you're in, like, pitch black and you can't see anything. And then you end up going on the island and go around kind of similar to the other parks in the U.S. But then at the end, you go back under the water and you're like speeding, like full speed in the pitch black under the water. And it's just it is so exhilarating. They also have this place where the water like splashes up. And we actually got, like, soaked on one of the ones oh we did. It splashed everywhere. It got in my eye. I was just like, wow, there's a lot of water coming. It was, like, splashed on. Um, but we loved it. And my kids, it was a, it was everybody's favorite ride. So um, 
I'm really glad I got to go at it multiple times because the first time I went to Disneyland Paris, I got stuck on it and evacuated from it, and I never actually got to go on the whole thing. Oh, no. I finally got to do that, but, uh, yeah, that one's a really great one. Um, I'd also say the Pirates is, if you were like, oh, I've seen Pirates before, it's whatever, it's it's like Disneyland's Pirates, except the whole storyline is reversed. So you go, you kind of start out breaking out from the cell like with a dog with a bone and like you know they're they're trying to call the dog over with the keys that's where it starts and then like a cannonball like hits the the jail and then you're like and it's a flooded fort so you kind of go down a waterfall because you have like fallen out the side uh, where you know the cannon had hit the the thing and then this is the only Pirates of the Caribbean where they actually like see you the pirates see you because they try to like hit your boat with cannonballs <laughs> that's <laughs> it's awesome yeah. Yeah. So um, fun. There's also a really cool scene where a pirate's actually swinging above you, and Audio Animatronic is like on a rope and swinging above your head, which is pretty neat. Um, a lot of the center of it is exactly the same as the ones that you know, or I wouldn't say exactly, exactly, but very similar to what you know. But then at the end, there's a second drop because they said um, they wanted the. Uh, the explosions at the end of the Disneyland version, there's this one where these like super drunk pirates are like taking shots at these barrels of explosives, but it never actually explodes. But this one, the second drop is at the end because the barrels actually do explode. And then you go down after they explode. So, so fun. Yeah. You end up in the pirate, the, the ghostly grotto at the very end and you see Jack Sparrow in the chair and it's all really interesting. So if you're a pirates fan at all, just go on that one. It's pretty cool. Um, and then I also say Phantom Manor, probably one of my favorite rides there, bar none. It's so different than the Haunted Mansion. It does have a stretching room, but it's a totally different storyline. I could talk for hours on this, so I'll just spare you that. <laughs> um, I will say I have, uh, I take it, I'll show you some of my merch for this, just, just for this one. So Phantom oh, Manor. so cool. Yeah. So... This has, oh uh, shows the phantom with, this is, I'm showing a lounge fly that has the phantom with Melanie Ravenswood, who's the bride in front of him. And he's kind of like standing behind her. Uh, the phantom's actually her dad, by the way, who like did away with all of her suitors. And so you see on the bag, here's the names of all of her suitors, which are actually puns for based on how they died. Uh, like Barry Claude, he was clawed by a bear. Um, Sawyer Bottom was on a, um, like a, a log that they sent through a, a mill. Like, this is how her dad, like, did away with this oh one. Yeah. Um, and Ignatius Iggy Knight. Um, oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember that one. That one I'm, I'm blanking on. And then um, Captain Rowan D. Falls. They sent him over a waterfall in a rowboat. <laughs> oh, Ignite. It's Ignite. Iggy Knight. So he is uh, an explosives dealer, and then he ended up in an explosion in Big Thunder Mountain. So all of the things in uh, so Thunder cool. Mesa are all tied together, including Phantom Manor. And then the, I love how it says um, non-ominous moriar, which means not everything dies, which is so That's fun. so cool. And it's got Madame Leota on the back. But the most annoying part is so that they put, they put QR codes. QR codes. Like, why? Why would That's you do so that? That's so funny. So when you scan it, does it take you to their Birch website where you can buy things? Actually, this QR code goes to, um, like, special digital downloads that you can use oh. for your phone and things like that. So it's, it has something on it, but I was like, well, I don't want to wear it on my lunch life forever. <laughs> right. So. That's a, an interesting choice, an interesting oh, yeah. merchandise choice. 
It also has a little, um, the stanchion bats has a little stanchion bats. Oh, it's a zipper. How cute. And I also have this key. These are, I'll tell you what, they're like attraction merch is my favorite, but I have this key that is, uh, the Phantom Manor and it has the little, little gargoyle on the the top. Mm -hmm. They also had these for the Tower of Terror as well. And it says Ravenswood Estate on it, which is hard to see, but so they have little keys you can get. Very so, cool. It's really fun. Oh, yeah, I have this too. This one's actually one of my giveaways for my subscribers, but this little phantom manor with uh, having the Yoda. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it spins. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I love the, it's just really fun to go on. It's creepy though. So if you have littles that might get scared, um, just be aware that this is not like the Disney U.S. parks. It's uh, a very a scarier storyline. It has this really spooky, the Phantom is kind of a creepy dude. So, yeah. you know, maybe either use your best judgment for your littles if you're, you know, maybe if you feel like comfortable watching with watching ahead of time on what it's about. Um, if it helps them at all to know the bride is is not a scary one. She's a good person. <laughs> She's trying to get you she out. She tries to help. <laughs> she's trying to get you out so that you can escape. So um, you can always say that she's throughout the whole ride trying to help you out. But it also looks like somebody's trying cool. to get her the whole time. So just, you know. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing. And those of us that follow Kate on her own personal Disney Cicerone account got to see. She she did a little bit of live streaming while she was there. Um, and my favorite thing about Phantom Manor is in that the loading area, they have that big, huge staircase with the bride and it's just beautiful <laughs> i know isn't like, it wild yeah it's, it's it was a- you know hard to see on live stream to the extent but like what i could see every time you know you took us on there i think twice when you went live and i was just like oh this is this is really cool <laughs> it is i was bumped that my signal didn't work better on there because i wanted to show more of it but it is what it is you know you can't control right. that um, it's right. like I'm in France with my U.S. phone, so what can I expect? Right. But- <laughs> There's not, not much you can do when it comes to whether or not the Wi-Fi holds through Phantom Manor. <laughs> it's so true. I was trying to see if I could find a picture of it real quick, but I don't think I have it. I do have a really great picture of Big Thunder Mountain, though. I can show you guys. Oh, that's so pretty. But, yeah. So, um... Yeah, go to Phantom Manor. Just be aware that it's a, and there's, there's a whole backstory to it that's really complicated and I don't want to get into it here because it's, it'll take a long time. Eventually we'll have to do a history episode about Phantom Manor and then you guys can get some more information about it, but. Yeah. Um, plug for history, which is Kate's other podcast that she does with our good friend Kirk from Walrus, Walrus Carp. I can't talk tonight, apparently. <laughs> um, but history with Kate and Kirk. So if that is sounds like something you want to hear more about or you're interested in Disney history, they've got all sorts of good stuff over on that podcast. So check them out for sure. Yes, we did a 16-part episode on the history of the Haunted Mansion. So perfect for spooky season. So um, other things to know about the Disneyland Paris rides, there's no Jungle Cruise, which is a little bit disorienting if you're like, it's always an anchor for the parks for me. Uh, but they did have Adventureland where you could explore. It's a lot of walking and a lot of climbing. So if it's like, if you're physically challenged or really tired, it's maybe not the place to hang out in a lot. But uh, for my kids, they thought it was great. It was like forts and tree houses. They had the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse there. Um Lots of places, caves to kind of climb in and explore. And they also have a really great play playground that's like pirate ship themed. That's, that is kind of hard to find, but it's at the, 
um, if you find the pirate ship and you find kind of like the back end of the pirate ship, it's kind of near there. So um, my kids didn't want to leave it. So that's a great place to uh, let them run around a little bit. And it is enclosed where they can only go out one way. I was just going to say that. If I remember (laughs) from what I was reading, that area is a little, is mostly enclosed. That particular area. Now the tree houses and the caves and that kind of stuff are not. So be sure to stick with your kiddos on there. (laughs) But if you're in that little playground area, that is mostly enclosed. Yeah. If you need a place to let them run around while you sit, that's a good one. Uh, Anna's asking, we we have a list of single rider lines, right? Do you remember some of the other ones? I'm trying to remember. Um, let me, I will find it while you chat about the next little section here. I know that there, I have there it are a few. The Fantasyland rides in Disneyland Paris are very similar to the Disneyland versions, or at least the Disneyland versions as they were, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> um, so the Snow White was more like Snow White Scary Adventures, if you remember that in Disneyland. Uh, it's, so it's a little bit more intense. It has some very creepy trees that do kind of try to get you. And the, there's a lot of jump scares from the witch. I loved it because I missed that version. <laughs> I do love the current one that's in Disneyland, but I love that version of it. So it's kind of like going back in time to go see it. Um, Peter Pan's almost identical. There's not much change except for the end of Peter Pan. It's a little slightly different, but it's, it, they, they also had two seater, uh, galleon ships too. So they had two rows in their galleon ships rather than one. Uh, the small world is, is worth seeing. It's gorgeous. Uh, from the outside, it's similar to Disneyland, except that it has a cover, um, where you load and unload is all covered because it does rain there a lot more. And then uh, inside, they have a lot of characters and dolls that are not the same as any of the other Disney parks. Um, but Joyce Carlson, who worked on all of them, she also worked on that one as well. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of tradition there as well as new things. So that's fun. And I have one more Fantasyland ride, and then you can tell us about the single riders. But um, <laughs> the the Pinocchio is almost almost 100% identical, except there's all oh, the words are in French. So it's kind of fun to see that instead. Um, in terms of like what's written. And then if anybody has been following history for a while and watched our Pinocchio episode, I had read on the prop list that there was a salt box that was somewhere in that scene. And I've been trying to find it for years in the Disneyland version. And I finally found it in Disneyland Paris. And it actually says salt box on it. And I was just so excited. (laughs) I was like yelling at my family, like, look, there's a salt box. (laughs) Whatever, mom. (laughs) It was interesting because, you know, like they all got all the donkeys in there get shipped off to the salt mine. So it's kind of like a reminder of like what could be if you're not, you know, don't do what you're supposed to do. So uh, anyway, very excited about the salt box. <laughs> um, so, Anna, to answer your question about Disneyland, we'll we'll chat about these ones just for now. We'll get into Walt Disney Studios Park here in a moment. But um, Hyperspace Mountain is the only single rider line in Disneyland Park, so that is the only one there that has a single rider line option for you. Thanks, Jackie. Do you want to talk? We're going to head over to Walt Disney. Studio okay, park. Sorry, I didn't one? have that pulled up in front of me. Yes, I can. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm hopping back and forth between. <laughs> um, so for Walt Disney Studios Park, which is <clears throat> the second park at Disneyland Paris, um, there are four single rider lines. Precious Coaster, the Toy Soldiers Parachute Drop, RC Racer, and the Ratatouille Ride. Um, so those are your options over at Disney Studios Park. I will 
mention that from my notes that I found, the Crushes Coaster Single Rider line is terrible. Everywhere I read said, do not, do not, do not ever use it because it will be longer than your normal queue. So terrible. Right. <laughs> yes. So keep that in mind <laughs> whenever you are planning for that. Um, that one I do know. The other ones I don't have a ton of information about that particular single rider line. Although you did mention that your son used the one for Hyperspace Mountain and was fairly successful with that one for what it sounded like. Yeah. Yeah, that one worked. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so in terms of Walt Disney Studios Park, like I said, this this park's a little bit like a budget Hollywood Studios slash like what California Adventure used to be before it got revamped. So it's like they're doing their best to fix it, I think is where we're at. But it's not 100% there. <laughs> it's uh, it's getting there. Um, they have a really great like Ratatouille Remy area um, that is all themed very much. It's similar to the one that's in Epcot. It's just not as big. Um, mm-hmm. it's a smaller area, uh, but the food and the wine is great there. So if you're looking for <laughs> some good eats, that's a good place to visit during the day. If they're like snack carts that are there, they have a whole bunch of them. And, uh, there's a really good store there too for brunch as well. Um, I, like I said before, the Crushes Coaster, we already kind of talked about that. It has extremely long waits. And I know like in my touring plan that Jackie gave me, she helped me organize my day. <laughs> She was like, get there first during early entry, which would have been great, but my family was running late that day, and that's partially why we had a super long wait, because we didn't get there. And by the time we got in, it was halfway through um, the magic hour in the morning, and it was already at 180 minutes. Wow. And we were like, well, we're going to go do something else. (laughs) (laughs) I also would have done that. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so then there's also a Cars area and, like, a Toy Story Playland area that I'm going to say is really good for little kids. So if you're, like, you've got littles that you're traveling with, that's where you want to head. The only thing that I'd say that it's probably for bigger kids would be, like, the RC uh, racer ride, which is basically, like, a big U that kind of, like, goes down and up and down and up, kind of like with pirate ship rides at carnivals. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that, except it's a car. So, um they also have like the pretty cool because it's a giant <laughs> RC car. Like it looks it identical is. to the movie. So like looking at photos and videos, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we ran out of time to go on it. My son really wanted to go on it, but we ran out of time. So I didn't actually go on. Um, we did Tower of Terror in the time that my um, mother-in-law and daughters did all of those areas pretty much. <laughs> so we did Tower of Terror, which was weird because the sound shut off like halfway through. Oh, and Tower of Terror has uh it's heavily themed to just the little girl which is really creepy like instead of like the whole family and they all kind of disappear they are kind of there but it's like her like talking to you in french oh Oh. (laughs) it's creepy oh that's really interesting yeah so it's different uh than the u.s parks in that way it's a little scarier i think and uh my son didn't like it so (laughs) i don't know if we'd go back on it um but yeah, the, the cars area, if you're used to Radiator Springs, just go in with really low expectations. Like, just lower your expectations. <laughs> Sounds awful, but 
It's true. It's cute. There's some cute photo opportunities. There's a very cute little tiny cars ride. The the butte is like this big and like everything's very small and um it's just it's it's a little sad. And they did have like a a tour like a like a it was like a what a backstage tour like that lot back lot tour. Yes. But they can like converted into a cars theme. Yeah. And I was, I was sending pictures to, um, the, to Kirk and Lem, and I was just like, "What is this?" Because I was like, "This is weird." And it's basically like, "Here's a giant wrench. Here's the Eiffel Tower that, um, made or made out of like oil cans." And then, and then you're in this like canyon where there's like water coming at you and fire and all this stuff, which is really cool. And then it's like, and then there's some random cars on the side, and now you're done. It was, it was not worth a walk over to where it is because yeah, it's, 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 it's like the end of that whole walkway that starts at like the ratatouille area so yeah yeah it was that it was, was something yeah that was one like looking at it i'm like well i'm not exactly sure what this is <laughs> i was not sure what it was when i was on it so. <laughs> that makes sense i think it would be good for you know like toddlers Maybe it's like a slow moving yeah. tram with a few yeah. things on the side to look at here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. So I don't know if I'd recommend that. I would say the Avengers campus area is um, similar to the one in DCA in that it's uh, it's small, but it does have some things in it and it's heavily themed. I did not see as many characters as there were in DCA. Um, like mm-hmm. they're out everywhere in DCA. This one was kind of like, there were shows that were scheduled and they showed, they showed up and they had the Hero Training Academy. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. For a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Hero Training Academy, the way that they market it is basically like you get to go into the, you know, the Avengers headquarters that Tony Stark built and have an experience with and an Avenger is basically what they do. And it is through a virtual queue. Um, so they do, I think, three drops of virtual queues throughout the day, um, which is interesting because a lot of that type of thing, you you there's no way to know ahead of time what time it's going to be. So you just have to check in the morning. Um, you can kind of do some research on like, well, it looks like it's going to be like 11, 2, and 4, or, you know, that type of thing. Um so it was kind of interesting in that respect. And Stevie, I agree. We also thought it was going to be more like a Jedi training experience, but it was not. It was just a meet and greet with a, with a superhero. Um, so they have two different options that you can choose from. They have an option that is like a guaranteed meet and greet with a particular um, character. So when Kate and her family were there, it's just the, it was um, Spider-Man was the option. In the past, they've had like Spider-Man and Iron Man as like the set option. Um, so you basically get a virtual queue to have like a one-on-one experience, you know, or like just your party experience with that particular character. Or you can do the second option, which is like a random character. Um, so it just depends on who they have available. And the list that I found online was very random um, as far as who who you could meet in the mystery side. Um, so Kate's family opted for the Spider-Man um, they didn't side. They did choice. Oh, the, the, you only had Spider-Man as the option. Yeah, so it just was like, hey, here's Spider-Man. We're like, yeah. okay, guess we're there meeting Spider-Man. Right. Fine. <laughs> like, yeah, so from what I saw, it was supposed to be two different options. but And maybe it depends on 
staffing and the day and what they have available and who's who's there and all that type of thing. Um, so yeah, it's just basically kind of like a more personalized meet and greet. So yeah, it's like, just, you can um, like choose your pose. Like they kind of tell yeah. you like, Oh, this is like how you're going to, you know, um, interact and you're going to choose your pose yeah. and all stuff. But really it was just like, we had to tell them what language we wanted because Spider-Man was, would speak French or English. <laughs> and my kids were like, how come Spider-Man has a French accent? <laughs> So, you know, if you're from the U.S., maybe be prepared to explain that. <laughs> yeah. He said, we're in France. So, you know, I right. just didn't, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fun. I think that it was worth it, especially if you are Marvel fans. I don't think, right. my kids were like, eh, you know, they, they could kind of take or leave character meet and greets, which makes mm-hmm. me sad, but, but it's just the case with my kids. Yeah. Well, and they, because you, like you mentioned, they don't have as many characters out in Wandering. That's one of the best ways to interact with the Marvel characters there because they don't have a bunch of just meet and greets out and available for people to do like you would usually see in Avengers Campus in Disneyland. Yeah. It looks like they did have a few scheduled shows, but every time we were in Avengers Campus, we didn't see any of them. We did see like some giant car like running through it um we did go on the roller coaster that is there but that is funny because when my son got off of it he said mom that felt just like rock and roller coaster and i laughed because i was like i'm pretty sure it's just retrofit over rock and roller coaster so he could like tell that it was pretty much the same which i thought was so funny um yeah. that they had it's a really neat um coaster but it is a little bit extreme if you are it, it was a lot like I was like I'm done one and done with that I can't do that again mm-hmm. but my eight-year-old was brave and she went on it so her. she survived <laughs> she got a little bit scared but she she decided to go so yeah um other things they have in the Avengers campus area they've got web slingers which is pretty much identical to the one in DCA, except that, uh, um, what's his name? The actor that plays that. Is it the, is, which version is that? Is it the old Spider-Man or the new one? No, the newer one. The newer one. (laughs) Anyway, the actor that plays Spider-Man is dubbed over in French. So it's actually quite funny because you can tell he's not speaking it because I know what it's supposed to be like. So, um. Is it Tom Holland? Tom Holland. Yes. 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 (laughs) Tom Holland. I can see what he looks like. I can't. You know, I know it's Tom name. something. I was just like, I'm just <laughs> totally drawing a blank. So yeah, Tom Holland was there um, just like he is in DCA, but they dubbed over. <laughs> so, but the ride experience was identical and uh, I already knew how to get a really high score there. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, you can impress whoever's with you <laughs> and get a high score. Aim for, um, let's make sure Kirk doesn't hear this because I want to beat him when we go there. But aim for all of the, <laughs> all of the um, spider bots that are like, lit up so the ones that are red or green or blue especially the gold ones concentrate on those more than anything else and then just try to get as much as you can that's how you get a really high score um we got like high score of the day in our vehicle and my daughter did almost as well as i did so i was like yay so that's awesome good for yeah her. <laughs> yeah every time i go there little side note if i'm by myself and i'm like get put in with other people if there's ever like gamer guys that are like younger than me and I always, like, beat them every time. And then they just, like, look at me. And I'm like, well, <laughs> sorry. Just saying. <laughs> so, anyway. 
That's too funny. So, yeah. So, Web Slingers is there. Um, we already talked about the Remy area. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much the park. There's, like, a part where you walk in that has a couple stores and restaurants. And it's funny because they have the Brown Derby there. But it's like a burger place. Like a quick service <laughs> burger place. <laughs> Not really like the Brown Derby we know in Hollywood Studios. No. So, yeah. And this park is very small. Like, when you look at the overall footprint and the map, it is very small. Like, you think of, like, I'm trying, I don't even know. I guess you think of, like, Hollywood Studios being a smaller park. But, like, it's, what, maybe like, half Hollywood, Hollywood Studios of Hollywood Studios. Yeah, without, like, Galaxy's Edge. Like, yeah. if you took Galaxy's Edge off, it'd probably be about that size. Yeah. It's not so, big. Not, not big. Not big. Um, so yeah, Kate, you guys only really spent one full day there when you went. Yeah, we not even. I think yeah. we did like um, till about late afternoon, like tea time. Like Elliot was like, "I'm going to tea time." <laughs> we had, and then I stuck around. I did a couple things in the park, and then I did. I went over to Disneyland Paris for the rest of the day. So. We didn't actually end up going to see the show there, although I heard it was really cool with the drone show for Marvel. And yeah. my family was uh, just showed out because of, which is what kind of leads us into our next topic. Um, the shows are actually really spectacular, the drone shows in particular, because I'm pretty sure they can't fire off fireworks into the sky like they can in the U.S. Like, I think it's probably prohibited, and that's why they came up with another idea, because they do shoot fireworks from the castle, but they mm-hmm. can't, like, launch them in the sky and set them off, I think. Yeah. So instead, they have these amazing light shows. They're all done with programmed drones that, if you haven't seen it, go see it, because it's amazing what they do with them, making them look like fireworks and stars and lighting them up at time to the music. It's incredible. So, it... I like that more than their fireworks show. <laughs> it was like a 10 minute show. They had like a Disney 30th anniversary, which is ending at the end of September. So that one's going to be done probably when anybody goes here. Uh, but I hope they replace it with another one that's equally as impressive because those are fantastic. Um, and that one was just 10 minutes before the fireworks show. It was just a 10 minute drone show and then the fireworks. So the downside of the show is the Disneyland Paris is. They have the shows right at park closing. Mm -hmm. And that means that every single person in the park is on Main Street at USA or in the hub all at the same time. There's nowhere else for them to be unless they're like finishing up rides and then they go there. Um, And they don't have crowd control. If you're familiar with Disneyland because it's a really small space, they have a lot of massive crowd control. Like you go in doesn't matter if you're trying to get to New Orleans Square. You have to go all the way through Tomorrowland and, like, around. Like, they tell you, like, this is the path that you go to get through here to get to here. They don't have any of that. There's no paths. <laughs> There's no way to get anywhere. Um, the only thing you can do is if you're trying to get out of the park, they do have on Main Street USA, instead of just the main thoroughfare, on the other side of the shops, there's what they call an arcade so it's like a covered walkway with like backdoor entrances to all the shops. And that is on both sides of Main Street USA. And that is your access to get in and out of the park when there's any show going on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you are not getting down Main Street at all. Mm-hmm. Period. And now, does that count for like the parades and stuff that you guys experienced as well? Because I know a lot, some of the, those parades have a fairly large draw when it comes to crowds. Yeah, and that show that they do that's kind of like in the hub too, mm-hmm. um, just aim to go 
at the outside of Main Street and out, and then you can go down and get in and out that way. So I'm glad that they have those because otherwise there's no way you could get around there. Um, And the arcades, the arcades are spectacularly designed. They have these beautiful mosaics. They're gorgeous. Um, They also have like these, they show like the history of inventions. Like one side shows uh, the building of the Statue of Liberty and the other ones like shows the history of the Ferris wheels. There's like actually some history in there and learning. Neat. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So there's no real crowd control. Just be really careful if you're somebody who, you know, you need to get out of a crowd fast. You're not going to get out of that crowd fast at all. So be very careful with that. And especially if you get panic attacks or claustrophobia or anything like that, just maybe try to stay on the outskirts as much as possible um, and I would line up early. I feel like an hour beforehand, people were already mm. like clogging up that area where you couldn't like jockey for a position. Mm. When we got out of that, it was like, we all held hands to make sure that we didn't lose anybody. Cause yeah. we were just like packed in like sardines all trying to get out at once. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. So, um, Yeah. So that's, that, that's the situation with the shows. So just be careful. Um, we often suggest you shows one night because of that, because it was just too yeah. intense for our family. Um, and again, they closed Fantasyland an hour before the rest of the park to prepare for that show. So it's Which I already... feel like we did not know. Like, I feel like going into it, that was not in anything that I read no. or any of the research that I did. So when I saw that on your notes, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't even just like um, a portion of Fantasyland. Like in Disneyland, it's just the couple rides behind the castle. It's literally everything in the back of the park because they clear the back of the park. So it's all of the rides in Fantasyland, which is like almost half the park they close. Um, All right. So we already talked about how people do not understand or respect queuing. So we've already covered that. (laughs) Looking at my notes here Um, and how Fantasyland closes. Oh, another thing, though, talking about safety with crowds if you are someone who is pregnant or might be pregnant when you go um or have somebody traveling with you who is pregnant bring your latest doctor's report showing your pregnancy um and you can show that i think at your hotel and also at guest services and what they'll give you is something that's called like a pregnancy like wristband and they'll attach it to your wrist and um, they might write the size of your party if they need to but it allows you and i think four other people to go with you and what it is is basically they just treat pregnant moms like really well wow (laughs) which is so great yeah that's awesome any ride that is safe for a pregnant person to go on so it's not a lot of rides because a lot of them have lap bars and those are disqualified like you can look there's an accessibility map that will have little Mm -hmm. signal um symbols next to it and it'll Mm -hmm. say like no pregnancy or like pregnancy advised this could be dangerous depending on like your trimester you know Anything that has those red symbols on it, you can't go on, essentially. They won't let you. Uh, But anything else, you can actually use it kind of like a DAS pass Mm -hmm. where you can go in the disability, like you can go either in the premier access line or you can go in the exit. Um, And on that, like, accessibility, like, chart, it'll actually tell you where to go as well. Um, But that is so handy for that, but it's also will let you skip the lines for character meet and greets, and it gives you a special viewing location that's not crowded for parades and for those nighttime shows. So, I mean, yay for the pregnant ladies. 
right? <laughs> like, that's awesome. Well, and you got to think that, you know, Disneyland Paris also does have their equivalent of the, the DAS Pass, and it's, you know, very similar in that respect of what we're used to and all of that. But that is a phenomenal offering that they have for for families and for women who are expecting to go like yeah (laughs) it's really hard to be pregnant in the parks you know and i I think that's like they finally somebody recognizes that they're like these women already can't go on most of the rides here and they're probably hot and tired and their feet hurt their back hurt like let's give them something (laughs) help them out right i think it's just really wonderful so yeah it's really nice that they have that offering for people yeah. One of our last things is just to show you guys just a little bit of the merch that I got, which yeah. I'm already wearing one of them. This is the uh, ears. They have these wonderful collections that are kind of like the attraction uh, collections. And this one is um, some small world ears and they're both double sided as well. But it really plays on the like the sun and the moon theme. There's just one moon and one golden sun. And so this is my lounge fly. Oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> Which also has that sun and moon, which is a, a really heavily themed in Disneyland Paris. It has the numbers and the little um, soldiers drumming on the sides. It has the little fabric flags, which this one actually drives me nuts because it gets zipped into the top all the time. Oh, so. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cute. It's got It's a Small World on the back as well. And uh, this is definitely one of my most favorite lounge flies that I've ever gotten. And inside is very much Mary Blair kind of like geometric oh, print yeah. as well. So yes. I got that Very one. cute. I've already showed you guys the Phantom Manor lounge fly. And then um, I did get, this one is part of my sub giveaway for this month, but it's a big Thunder Mountain keychain. Um, but oh, it also cute. has, it says Thunder Mesa and has the little goat on it as well. And cute. then a little um, lantern. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I didn't get a ton of things because I got I got that necklace that I forgot to bring up here. But then I got <laughs> I mostly got books, guys, because this is what I get. Shocker. So. <laughs> and Elliot insisted I got the art of Disneyland Paris, so this really shows a lot of the like concept art and everything yeah. um, behind it. And then I got these books that are for the 30th. I haven't even opened them yet. But I got their collector, collector's edition for the 30th anniversary, and they have these beautiful bindings on them. And then inside is, like, stories and concept art from Disneyland Paris for pirates and space and also one for Phantom Manor. And it says... That's very cool. And it's both in front in English. I did open them up uh, when we were there. There was an open very one. Cool. But I envision a Distorians Lounge soon where you maybe showcase some of that... Uh, <laughs> Yes, that artwork that you found in those books, because I feel like a lot of us would love to see what's inside of those. <laughs> yes, I, just, I haven't even had a chance to open them. And right. I did get like a big um, Disneyland Park fun map as well. It's obviously not open either. Yeah. Um, and then I got some ears. I showed you guys the big giant banner. This is your Disney. This is like the classic banner. They had that mm-hmm. for Disney World recently, too. So now oh. I have both. And then that's sliding. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. Um, and then I got ears. So I have these, these ears that I'm wearing, but I also got the Disneyland Paris gold 30th ears. So it features the castle in the center with some stars, and then it's gold, and then it does say Disneyland Paris on the side. And these are all discounted because it was the end of the celebration. So they're all Perfect. 30% off. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> and then I got these ones as well that are just really pretty, um, kind of like iridescent white bow, and then these 
purple blue yeah. sequins as well and that these ones so pretty i actually have a second pair of ears for this that i'm going to give away as mm. my sub giveaway as well so i love those ones those ones are really pretty yeah so um that's mainly what i got besides elliot getting this wonderful disneyland paris mug from starbucks so cute well. And, uh, yeah, then my kids got stuff, but it's all tucked away in their room. So I'm not going right. to go dig through all those things. <laughs> they have claimed it and it's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, in a nutshell, Disneyland Paris. <laughs> it was a lot. I love it. Yeah, it is a lot. Overall, I feel like the, the planning process for me on my end of things was a little intimidating. Just like I said at the beginning, kind of not knowing what, uh, what we were going into and trying to do my best to make sure that Kate and her family were prepared to navigate the parks and have the best trip that they possibly could. So I think we did great. I think there are some things we just couldn't anticipate. Oh, like one thing that I didn't mention, but is a really critical thing for you guys to know is that um, I, smoking is huge in France, everywhere, literally everywhere. Everybody smokes everywhere. And so in the parks, they're still smoking. They're still smoking sections, but people pretty much just smoke wherever they feel like it. So we're like sitting down to eat and there's like people not in the restaurants, but outside like smoking next to us. And like, my, you really got to my kids cause they're just not used to it at all. Right. And then after you leave the park, everybody lights up. So as you're walking out of the park, you're walking into just massive amounts of cigarette smoke. So oh if you have asthma or you have any like sort of lung condition where cigarette smoke will aggravate it, please be aware of that before you go, because it's almost impossible to get away from except for indoors. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I would say, though, good to know. I would, I would say overall that that was unexpected. And there was a couple other things that I was just like, this is just culturally super different that we wouldn't have known. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that the information I had that you had on eating and everything was so great and it really helped a lot. So I, feel like okay. <laughs> um, I, I did have a question. Were there food, easy, easy choices for, for children in Paris? You're talking about Disneyland Paris. There's all kinds of stuff for um, kids. There was pizza and hot dogs and burgers. And my a lot of kids, uh, my kids had chicken fingers um, a lot. There was a lot of chicken everywhere. There wasn't as much mac and cheese as there was in the U.S. parks, just because my son's like obsessed with mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> and Paris itself, there's Parisian food. So, yeah, there's, there's stuff for kids to eat. But my kids didn't like baguette bread, so that became a challenge. So we had to go to the grocery store and get stuff for them. But there's lots of great food in France. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a question on my side. How much French did you speak and versus, like, how much English did the cast members at Disneyland Paris speak? Uh, let's see. Je parle un petit peu français. I speak just a little bit of French. My husband speaks a little bit more. You don't need to know any French really to go to Disneyland Paris if that's your only destination. You probably should know a little bit more if you're going into Paris, the city. Most people probably speak a little bit of English. It's enough to get by. Um, but we, you don't need any for Disneyland Paris. Pretty much everybody there speaks English. I think we ran into... The only person who didn't speak French or didn't speak English was the person I had to call to fix my reservation. Uh, they spoke Portuguese only, so they spoke Portuguese to the person who spoke French. They spoke French also, and then it, it, it was a thing. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, all, almost all the cast members are they just speak English. There's like a requirement, and uh, it's almost all the signage is in English and French. So 
it's not like menus and stuff, you won't have a hard time at all. It's very easy. They knew that there would be a lot of people coming to this particular park. The Imagineers knew that when they designed it. So they specifically designed the park to not lean into language so much to tell the story as like things people could visually recognize. That's why Pirates of the Caribbean is a gigantic fortress, because then you see that and you're like, oh, that's the pirate ride, right? If you think of the U.S. parks, you might not know it's a pirate ride from the outside because like Disney World kind of looks like an old Spanish building and then Disneyland just looks like part of New Orleans Square. So they specifically made everything to look like a creepy old haunted house. This looks like a pirate thing. Like they made it so that it's accessible to anybody who speaks any language by using visual uh, visuals rather than signage. I think that's why we didn't see so much signage. But <laughs> you're like, oh wait, now that makes sense. <laughs> but we could use a little bit of signage, even if it's in multiple languages. Just saying. Anyway, just a suggestion. Just throw it out there. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. It you don't need to speak French much, but I do recommend learning a little bit, especially if you're going to go anywhere besides that. It's just, it's just polite to try to speak their language. They will probably speak English back to you because they'll recognize that you don't speak their language, but it's good to try. Um, I feel like I did need it when I was in Paris. There were some things that you'd have to navigate around to understand, like even just like the word exit and things like that, getting off the metro, like you need to know those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, my kids thought it was funny that it said sortie, sortie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, they're learning. It's good. <laughs> they did. They did. They learned some French. It was good. Do we want to end with our new segment, Kate? That we're yes. going to start on our show, which is exciting. Oh, so exciting. So this is the first installment of our new segment that we're going to do to end our podcast episodes. Um, and it is Ask the Moms. So this is just kind of a general Q&A that we're going to use to end our podcast episodes. Um, so we are going to be reaching out to our listeners and our followers, and you guys can always send in questions for this via our Discord or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. All those links to, on how to contact us are in our bio here on our Mom Street side, and some of them are also in Kate's bio on her side as well if you're looking for the Discord or things like that. Um, but our question this segment, this episode, is how do I find showtimes for fireworks or nighttime shows for my trip. So I feel like this is a little bit fitting because we talked about that a little bit with Disneyland Paris, but let's kind of give a general uh, lowdown on how this works. Um, so two different ways that you can find the times. If you're looking day of, very, very easy. It's on your app. So if you're in Disney World, it's on your My Disney Experience app. If you are in Disneyland, it's on your Disneyland app. And if you are in Disneyland Paris, it is on your Disneyland Paris app. Um, all of those do have that information available to you. I know that on the Disney World and Disneyland app, if you're looking for a specific show, um, it's probably easiest just to search it in their search bar kind of on there. Um, Disneyland Paris, it's like right on their home screen of their app, which is really, really nice. From the homepage, it says, like, it'll show the park hours for today. This is in the My Disney Experience app. And then you just click on today's show times, and then it will populate an entire list mm -hmm. and show you everything that's available pretty much in, in every park. And you can click on the – if you click on the specific event uh, or specific show, then it will give you more details about um, who it's for and um, if there's a show time. This one says, happily ever after, there's no show times today. 
And so it'll just tell you if it's happening or not, and if so, what time. So. Yeah. Um, now, if you're looking for it in advance, so if you're someone who's going in a month and you want to know what time Happily Ever After is going to be or what time you're, um, you know, if you're going, especially if you're going during, like, party season, when you're going during Halloween parties and Christmas parties and you want to make sure that you get to see that particular show, um, you would want to use just the basic website on the, on your browser. So, again, whatever park you're visiting, head to that website, so either Disneyland.com or Disney World. Um, and then my suggestion for you is, again, just to use that search bar. And then from there, it's going to pull up the ability for you to select the date that you're looking for, and it'll give you showtimes. Now, I will say Disney World, I know, typically doesn't do showtimes more than about two months, three months in advance. Um but, and I know that Disneyland Paris, it's hard to find it ahead of time. We ran into that problem when I was looking at like virtual queues and showtimes and that kind of stuff. A lot of their stuff is just day of. You can get the general gist if you kind of Google it and look at what other people have said previously. But Disneyland Paris is definitely a double check it the morning of because you want to make sure that you've got it right. Um, yes. but for the U S parks, typically when you look on the website, you're able to search for whatever show it is, or if you don't know the name of the show, you can look under the park category for whatever park you're going to be in for that night. I will say too, um, I've mentioned this before that I've used touring plans for years and they do a really great job, um, giving you the, all the information for all the parks and all the shows. And they'll even do like predicted show times, even if they're not true yet to give you kind of an idea when you're planning of this is probably the show that will be happening and likely the time that it will be at. And then they Helpful. firm it up as soon as Disneyland like releases their calendar. They absolutely like firm that up and make sure that it's correct. So um, I found touring plans really helpful for looking ahead, especially for show times and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and those subscriptions to touring plans are fairly inexpensive and it's an annual subscription, I believe. Is that correct, Kate? Yeah, and it's di it's different for Disneyland and Disney World. They're, they're two different subscriptions. Disneyland's a little cheaper than Disney World, just because Disney World's a little bit more robust, I guess I would say. It's a little yeah. bit more updated. Uh, but it, it's, I want to say it's around 14 to $17 per year. It's not that much, especially if you're going more than once or you're going for a long trip and you just need help planning. I think that's it's it's worth the cost, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, especially if you're not used to planning a Disney trip, it's real helpful. Yeah. And we've talked more about touring planes when we talked about like our one day itineraries and our Genie Plus episodes. So if you want more information about that, you can hop back into our previous episodes and find it there. Yes. We are not sponsored by touring plans no. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But I, I do like them a lot. <laughs> yes. Very true. Um, so yeah. So thank you for submitting questions for our um, Ask the Moms segment. And like we mentioned, that is going to be something we're going to do our best to end every podcast episode with. Um, so coming up next, we are talking character dining. Um, so is it worth it? What are your options? What kind of food do they have? All that type of stuff um, will be coming up. So if that's something that you want more information about when it comes to character dining options, and we will definitely be talking about and giving you as much information as we can about those. Um, but with that, thank you guys so much for joining us for tonight's Disneyland Paris episode of Mom Street USA. Um, if you've got more questions or something we didn't answer, please feel free to reach out to us. Like we mentioned, you can always find our um, information in the link in our bio. You can find us on 
all of the social medias. You can find us on the Walrus Cart Pocket Fam Discord that we have a channel on. Um, and you can always email us at momstreetusa at gmail.com as well. And we hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thanks, everybody, right. for hanging with us. We love you guys. We'll see have you Have a great soon. night. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.